Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast ranking Pac-12 head coaches. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who never coogs it. Oh, I sure don't. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who always bears down. That's true. Trey Newman. Okay, we have made it to the penultimate episode of Rankings Week, the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12. Tomorrow, of course, we're going to cover the mighty SEC, so be sure you're subscribed on YouTube and in your podcast app. But let's start our Pac-12 head coach rankings at the bottom. And Trey, who is uh, who is lucky number 12? Wow. I don't think this is any surprise to any of us. It's Carl Durrell of Colorado. I mean, this was one of the more head-scratching hires that we've seen in recent history, at least. It's mainly just because it was completely out of left field, and he wasn't on many people's radar. He hasn't been a head coach since UCLA over a dozen years ago, and that wasn't even a successful stint. Um, He's been primarily a position coach in the NFL, so he might be a little out of touch with the college game. I mean, I will gladly be proven wrong if this ends up working out. But uh, do you guys think, out of all the coaches, do you think this was probably the easiest to to maybe rank? Yeah, I mean, other than Mike it, Loxley, yes. Oh, if you're talking different, if you're talking countrywide, yeah, yeah, but, I would say Mike Loxley was the easiest okay, number fourteen fair. or last place. But but Caldwell, yeah, was also fairly fairly easy. But um. Yeah, I mean, any hire can be successful. We say this all the time, and we'll get to a coach who is much higher on this list now than he would have been when he was first hired. We thought it was also a, a bad hire, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Trey. It doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. I mean, he he had one good year at UCLA. I mean, the other years were about five hundred. One good year where he went ten and two, but the two losses were by forty-seven points to USC and thirty-eight points to Arizona. So it's not like it was some great 10 and 2 UCLA type of team where they were flirting with, you know, national prominency. They weren't even close. And they were 4 and 0 in one score games. So let's uh, that was just a luck of the draw type year. This is a and we all agree. It's it's no doubt about it. He's uh, the last place in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah. By I the mean, way, can I mention each episode I get a little bit little bit darker on my uh <laughs> I've I don't exactly have the best lighting in my closet and the daylight's running out here and uh I got <laughs> lamps galore in my bedroom but it's just not you know if you don't have those overhead can lights it's 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 hard to do it well you know we can we can see you well enough Ryan actually you're looking better and better as as time passes <laughs> Ooh, I would say okay uh no and in Colorado's defense they were put in a really really tough spot with the timing of uh, Mel Tucker going yeah, to Michigan State. That's so very true. Not sure who they really could have gotten. I would have tried to go after Troy Calhoun right there in the state at Air Force, but who knows if that that's, was even an option? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we all agree on that, but it's a it's a hard sell for some people to go for that type of coach. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, number eleven. Uh, pretty easily have him at number eleven here. Although Michael put him at ten for some odd reason. Uh, so we all agree he sucks. Uh, okay. All right. Kevin Sumlin does not suck. Let's not say that, right? <laughs> He's just not a very good ball coach at this point in his career. Uh, nine and 15 is two years at Arizona. 
took over a decent program. They won seven games the year before he got there, so it's not like he took over a horrible situation there. I mean, it's just been a huge disappointment. He had an electric quarterback. It didn't quite pan out with Cleo Tate. And then the recruiting is probably the most disappointing thing, even more so than the on-field stuff. It's just bottom of the Pac-12 type bad. So he's been getting outclassed by Herm Edwards the, this past year. And it's uh, it's a bad look, man. He, he's he's probably going to be gone after this year, I got to be honest. Yeah, he might he might need to make a bowl game in order to, order to keep his job and We'll see. So, yeah, I, he's. I guess the reason maybe I'm one slot higher, it sounds like, than you guys was. I am valuing a little bit his uh, first fall at Houston. Great job there. Yeah, I know that's getting kind of a long time ago. And then at A and M, it's not like that stint was horrible. He he did well enough to. Well, first of all, it started out super well. He went eleven and two early in his tenure there. I think maybe his first year. Um, and then the worst season he had there was eight and five. So he was kind of like just good enough to like I think those hey, were his last three years i think we're like eight and five eight and five they, eight and five exactly so, so i mean go ahead mike yeah. yeah so i just say he's proven he's not a terrible coach obviously the arizona stint has been terrible but i don't know this just well, didn't work it, out i guess if you, told, if you told me a year or two ago that we'd have him ranked this low i would have slapped that person so hard in the face like <laughs> you're 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 crazy like what no if way. it was our mom trey what if our mom told you that wow <laughs> okay, you'd slap fair. our mom that's everyone, crazy everyone except mom that. Um, but Khalil, Ryan, you mentioned Khalil Tate. They even had, they had other weapons like JJ Taylor running. Like they had, they had players and it just has not panned out and we'll see. Hopefully, I hope he turns it around. Okay. We are to number 10 on our list here and it is Clay Helton from my alma mater, USC. So here's the thing. I have wanted Clay Helton to get fired after each of the past two seasons, like I would say most people at USC and most fans around the country thought he should be as well. Um, but there are some good things to say about him. So year one uh, under him, his first full season, USC finished ranked number three in the country and won the Rose Bowl. So he is capable of of leading a good team. Year two, we finished ranked 12th and made it to the Ooh, Cotton Bowl. use the we word. Wow. I'm using the we. Hey, come on. I can use the we. Why not? Yeah, I'm sure. Fair. I'm sure. When we were talking about Nebraska, we probably threw in some wheeze. Yeah, I'm in sure there. I threw in some wheeze last yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, it started off not as bad. I mean, I guess you could say it started off well. It, it, looking back, at least the last two years have been terrible. So it's it's fair that he's that he's this far down. But I will say he has a chance to climb because 2020 with Keaton Slovis great young quarterback potentially and a really good staff around clay helton right now recruiting starting to to really pick up for for 2021 so there are some positive signs but the underperformance in the last two years is makes it fair to put him 10th yeah i mean the recruiting uh, so far in 2021 has been good but i mean you can't excuse 2020's just abomination of a class that was just the worst ever. And then I, Clancy Pendergast, still the defensive coordinator there, Mike, right? No, he's not. That's right. I know. <laughs> Todd Orlando. Exactly. Todd Orlando. <laughs> yep. Hired Todd Orlando from Texas. Todd Orlando doesn't exactly instill a ton of confidence either. So <laughs> we'll see. The defense really needs to turn around for, for, for them to get to that point where I'm feeling confident. But dude, how can, you know, Helton has just led them down like, wow, so fast. Uh, the Sam Darnold was kind of a saving grace there, and he didn't even start him. 
his first year. It's like some whatever reason he was starting Max Brown. He was horrible. So I don't know. Helton lucked in with Sam Darnold's situation, but I don't, you know, he, and he's got, and he's somehow keeping this job and he's been able to give uh, a decent staff around him. So he might be able to salvage it another year or two, but it's just, I don't know. If he's not the luckiest coach out there is, he's up there. The moment, the moment JT Daniels went down, uh, you know, you, the writing was on the wall. It's like, this is done. There's nothing. But since then, I mean, not saying their on-field play like really improved, but Keaton Slovis provided hope. Michael, what you talked about with the the coaching staff around him, there's some hope. And then the next year's recruiting class, there's some hope. So it was like, he's kind of gone like this. And then hopefully it's kind of going back up. I'm I'm making it down. If you're listening, I'm saying he's kind of <laughs> yeah. going down and now he's kind of climbing back up the mountain. So we'll see if he can continue to rise it, but He's got the hottest seat of them all out there. For sure. Okay. Now, well, speaking of another guy uh, that we kind of didn't really envision having this low is n- number nine, Chip Kelly of Crosstown. Yeah, I got a big USC, beef UCLA. on this one with Michael. <laughs> Michael was a little bit more favorable on on Chip here than, than Ryan and I. Doing? So before Ryan and I kind of play play down on chip kelly what what did you see on on chip well this chip kelly is a tough one to rank for sure um because he did an incredible job at oregon i know that was quite a while ago but still it was so good that it's it's hard to ignore and like we said with with uh scott frost on the big 10 episode it was only two years ago where everyone in the country wanted chip kelly you thought he was not Ryan. Okay, Ryan's raising his hand. I know you were always lower on Chip Kelly, but for the most part, people thought that was an A-plus hire for UCLA to get Chip Kelly. So I'm still taking that into account a little bit. It's going to take a while for him to climb to the bottom or to fall to the bottom. <laughs> well, he's on his way. He is on his way. The first two <laughs> years at UCLA have been bad. And the first year, he made a really bad, I think, strategic error in uh, the manner in which he was recruiting, not offering a lot of scholarships. And that's going to come back to bite and him for sure just not caring about recruiting at all seemingly not caring you could you could kind characterize of it deal. that way what's that it's this it's not like he's recruiting well now no They're but it still was better. Recruiting horribly it was better um i don't know i just still hold out some hope that he's a good coach because he was so great at oregon and even the eagles for a year or two was really good so i don't know and he didn't inherit a program that was was in good shape so wasn't in horrible shape. They made a bowl I mean, game the year before he got there. Yeah, I know. I just they need to see more than good, two years. But their recruiting was pretty good prior to him. Uh, so the talent was somewhat there, but yeah, success wasn't. the The other negative factor, though, was not just the fact that he hasn't recruited that well. It's just that there's been a mass exodus of of players leaving the Bruins, which isn't the greatest sign. But all of that said, they have played primarily underclassmen the first couple years, so. He could potentially turn it around these next this next year or two because of all that young talent that's now going to be playing. I mean, I don't know how much better they can improve, but if there's if you're a UCLA fan, that's what you're hoping. Yeah. I, so I, Ryan, I, do you I, have where did I have Chip Kelly ranked? Do you, you have do, a sixth? Okay, so it's not like I'm saying he's great. Uh, he's not a top half of the Pac-12 at this point. There's no way. You had him ahead of Justin Wilcox, Herm Edwards. Okay. No way. No way. Right, or I can maybe validate, but but anyways, yeah. I mean, we not we'll now. I, I would. I just last think year. there's still some upside with Chip Kelly, but 
clearly Ryan yeah, does you keep not thinking see it. that Mike you keep you, you you're like wanting to not you kind of the uh the USC fan that's like oh you know oh yeah they'll be good they'll be good you don't want to what do you call that uh I'm like trying to reverse reverse jinx UCLA is what you yeah, say reverse psychology type of deal like, <laughs> okay. oh no I'm sure it's gonna be great yeah oh uh, I'm not sure I'm saying it's gonna be great I just am somewhat <laughs> hopeful okay who's next Ryan Jonathan Smith uh number eight here um I had him the highest uh that's a nice uh, eyebrow raise on that picture there um <laughs> i had him yeah i had him sixth you guys have him ninth i think that's a little harsh for uh for the job he's done so far at oregon state uh took over a complete absolute mess thanks to gary anderson um and it was just i don't know if there was a worse power five job in the country at that point than than oregon state Going five and seven last year was a great coaching job. They lost three games by three points or less. So they were oh so close to goaling bowling. And I guarantee you, if first, if they made a field goal in one of those games and one of them and they made a bowl, they, had, they were he up would 11 be a top on five easily. Four minutes to go or something. There you go. So if if one of those games turns around and makes next a field goal, they win, they go bowling. Nationally, he's getting so much publicity for what a great coaching job and i guarantee you in this list you guys would have put him where i did maybe you're right i think the reason he wasn't higher for me i mean i do i think he's i'm bullish on jonathan smith and i think what he's done there the first two years obviously first year you kind of give him as year zero so year two going five and seven that's that's very good i wouldn't expect many other coaches to to do better than that but i i took a look at at what gary anderson did in his first two years almost identical i I, th- I think he went four and eight instead of five and seven but whatever close enough and then you saw what happened to gary anderson in year three so i but guess i need gary to see... anderson took over a program that wasn't in complete shambles ah i mean i i don't know but i i think it's tough oregon state's a tough job for for anybody but my point is i want to see more than one somewhat promising year from jonathan smith before i vault him higher fair yeah like i'm I was really encouraged. I am just like exactly like Michael. I'm bullish on Smith, but I guess he just needs to prove it to me one more time. And it's funny when I made my list of making him eighth or ninth, I was almost like wondering if you guys were going to have him lower than me. Like I, I actually thought I was going to stick out, but Ryan was more aggressive. Yeah. And as we, we were about to move on here, the seven coaches that we have left, I mean, it's if it's not a great group when you compare it to the other um other top no. yeah. conferences. But each of these coaches individually is is solid. Yeah, there's no bad coaches whatsoever. Yeah, there. they're not yeah. bad. So that's yeah. I don't think it's that big of an insult to have Jonathan Smith here. Uh but moving on to number seven on our list, we have Nick Rolovich at Washington State. And I was the highest on him. I had him bold. number four. And very bold. I guess so, but you know, I don't really feel amazing about anyone ahead of him. I know I just said there's a decent list, but that's all it is, is decent. And I think Nick Rolovich is is decent. You look at the job he did at Hawaii. They hadn't made a bowl game for five straight years when he was hired him, when he was hired. And they've now made, or they now went to three bowl games in four years under Rolovich. So including a 10-win season last year. I just think with him his teams are probably always going to have a good offense and i think he's going to do a, a good job at wazoo i i the reason i like him is because of the fit he fits washington state perfect not only with his personality kind of just 
following what Leach had. He's but great. also like you said, Michael, his, his, the the offense, like the personnel that he inherits, should f- blend right in to what he wants to do with his offense. So I think it's a perfect marriage in terms of Washington State and Rolovich. Yeah, it, I'll admit that that it is a good fit. Um, and you know, I had him eighth. It's not like I had him like twelfth or anything. Uh, I just think. Th- what he did at Hawaii was good. I wouldn't call it amazing. I mean, he was 28 and 27 and he had a losing record in conference play in his four years there. So it wasn't like he was killing okay, it. But or look anything. at what Hawaii was before. I mean, they were terrible. Yeah. He finished well. His last couple of years were pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just feel like Wazoo's a tougher act than Hawaii uh, can, to compete. And, and Leach obviously did a great job making them respectable. But I, I'm not, I don't think Rolovich will have the same success that Leach has had. Maybe not, but that's a pretty high bar. He can be less successful and still be successful. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Moving on a little bit further south, we are going to go to number six, Justin Wilcox for Cal. I was actually the highest uh, on Wilcox, and you guys were a little bit lower. So I guess... I don't know, Michael or Ryan, who who wants to take the lead on on well, Michael your thoughts him, on what, Wilcox? You had him eighth, Michael. I don't remember where I yeah, had him, but had, it was, you had him eighth. It was lower than I, you guys. I had him fifth. Trey had him fourth. So you were you were definitely the lowest of us three. Okay, well then I'll I'll tell you why I was the lowest, and you guys can rebut my my argument. So, and I, I like Justin Wilcox, so I don't want to, you know. I'm I'm not super low on him, but his record at Cal is 20 and 18, which I think is basically par for the course, given what Sonny Dykes had done there the previous couple years. And Wilcox's recruiting classes, they've been in like the high 30s, low 40s, which is slightly worse than you would expect Cal to do. And good start I, to the 220 class, 21 that's, class. That's for sure. So maybe things are starting to to go upwards, but Still, I expected a lot more on the recruiting front from Justin Wilcox. So those are those are the reasons I was lower. I just I just need to see him prove it a little bit more. But I will say I think he has a chance. This is a big year for him because he could vault up this list. He's got Chase Garbers finally has a quarterback because his offenses have just been horrible. Yeah, they were bad until recently. But now Chase Garbers looks very promising. They did lose a lot on defense though. So yeah. Their season win total going into next year is about seven. So if they go seven and five again, what's the difference between Justin Wilcox and like Pat Narduzzi? I, it's it essentially would would be the same to me. Yeah, not a huge difference, I guess, between there. But the but he he and I, Justin Wilcox and I, have the same birthday. So oh, oh wow yeah, wow never, that yeah. that means Michael, you should peg him up a couple notches. I might, yeah. I'm thinking about putting him 12th after that. I don't know. <laughs> so I looked more in terms of he, he has improved them in terms of the overall wins. Wins doesn't yeah. say everything, but he's improved them in the overall wins since he's been there. But I will say, like, up until this past season, I didn't have a lot of faith because of those offenses. And Garbers, at least, is adding some life there. So now with the defensive attrition that they have, I still think he can churn out a good enough defense. So if they can stay healthy, like you said, Mike, 2020 is a big year for him. Yep. I agree on that. Yeah. And maybe I would be more bullish on him had Garbers not gotten hurt. And they're instead of what they go eight and five, if they're going nine wins, who knows? Maybe they got lucky and get to 10. Then, of course, the narrative would be. Yeah. Way they different. were undefeated with Garbers. Yeah. Yeah. So they probably would have gone 12 and 0 then. Yeah. Exactly. National yeah. title. All righty. Let's move on to number 
five here, a guy that's taken a big jump if we did this same episode last year. Uh, we got Herm Edwards. Um, I had him at four, which obviously is very high. Michael, not quite as impressed, but he's definitely took a leap in your opinion too. You had him at seventh. But behind Chip Kelly, I will mention that again, which uh, got to disagree on that one. Okay. But he's 15 and 11 in two years, has a stud at quarterback in Jaden Daniels, uh, is only going to be a sophomore, uh, bringing in really, really good talent around him. I, I, you have to be impressed. I don't know how you can't be impressed with what he's doing there, especially considering the other Pac-12 South coaches other than Kyle Whittingham are less than stellar. So he, he, if I had to pick a school that's going to run the pro, run the South for the next four or five years, I mean, whoa, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Know. USC? I mean, SC's still pretty good. They're not like, I mean, ASU's, I'm, I mean, USC's listen, the I'm, favorite probably for to win the Pac-12 this upcoming year. It's going to be close yeah. with Arizona State, but, and they're bringing in a, you know, probably going to bring in a top 10 class next year, but, but they did have some bad classes. So that's fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. We all, no way we saw this, this coming. Herm has really impressed me. And the fact that now what's cool about him is that you kind of know, okay, assuming that uh, Daniel stays healthy, it's like, you've got some piece to build around that it gives, you know, gives you some, some encouragement for their future, for the, the short-term future, at least for ASU. Yeah. I, I do think it helped that he walked into a ready-made situation with, with Manny Wilkins and Nikhil Harry year one. So kind of bridge the gap there quarterback this past year exactly but then both of those guys were gone and they were even better this this past year going (laughs) eight and five so um so yeah that's there's he's he's proving he's proving a lot i mean and he's got a lot of young talent on defense man that's the thing is yeah the recruiting and and the young quarterback is is what gets you excited going seven and six and eight and five at arizona state it's fine it's 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 good but it's the hope for the future that that i think bumped him up the list Okay, next we are to number four on the list, and it is Jimmy Lake at Washington, which he's never been a head coach. So a lot of yeah. people might be surprised to see him uh, on the list. He, of course, was just promoted from defensive coordinator to head coach with Chris Peterson stepping down. Ryan, you were actually the highest. You had him third. So I'll yeah. ask you first, what's, what makes you so confident that, that he's already the third best coach in the Pac-12? Well, I, yeah, he's unproven, uh, obviously, as a head coach, but... Uh, if you take a look at what he's done in the positions that he's had, it's about as good as you can possibly do. I mean, he was a secondary coach for a long time, churned out elite talent after elite talent and turned guys that were good recruits into just NFL draft picks, you know, first day, second day type NFL draft picks. And then his four years as a defensive coordinator here at UW, um, they were finished. They finished in the top ten of points per game defense three out of those four years. And the the one year where they didn't, which was this last year, they finished sixteenth. But they lost so much talent off of that two thousand eighteen defense. So, I mean, consistent excellence in every single thing that he's done. Uh, Chris Peterson tabbed him as his guy, and we all know Chris Peterson knows a thing or two about coaching. So, I, he's he's an ace recruiter, great developer of talent. I think he's going to thrive in, in, in a good spot there. So it's, yeah, I don't, I know it's crazy putting a guy that hasn't coached all the way up at third, but I'm high on him. I think he's going to do really well. Yeah. I think I, Ryan is also banking on the fact that Washington's a good job right now and they, Peterson left him in good hands. So, and not to mention Lake can recruit like crazy apparently. So if you, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm more buying Washington. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But the recruiting is the big, 
the big thing here. Like I have such high confidence that he's going to bring in great classes. So that's, that's, that's huge when it comes to being a head coach and, and yeah, he's just, he's been the guy in waiting. They kept bumping up his salary, even what Quitkowski kind of stepped aside and, and let Jimmy Lake run the defense just because I think the whole staff just wanted to keep him and they knew he was probably overqualified to be a defensive coordinator, but I guess they kind of kept him there as the, the coach in waiting. So I, I agree with you, Ryan. I, I have a lot of confidence that, that he's going to be. But the thing be- for me that was hardest, Jimmy Lake was probably the hardest coach for me to judge because he was a first year guy. And pretty much for every conference, anytime there was a first year guy, I pretty much had default towards the bottom. But yeah. I had to weigh the factors of, of what we, you guys just talked about. So it's, uh, he was, he was difficult for me to rank. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, this whole Pac-12 jumble of guys is is difficult to rank. I 100% think. agree. This is the hardest conference oh, to, to do. It was mm-hmm. by far because, you know, I, I belittled not Justin Wilcox a little bit, but like you could stick him forth and I would not call you crazy at all. Like that. It's a battle between what have you done for me lately, between what's who's the new guy on town, who's the guy who's proven stuff in the past. It's 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 yeah, it's. It's really tough. A guy like Clay Helton, who's had some success, but has just benefited from being given a lot of edits. Yeah, this was the hardest conference. There's no doubt about that. Okay. All right. Moving on to number three, Stanford's David Shaw. So, Ryan, you were the lowest on him by far. You actually had him at number seven. I'm ready for this one. (laughs) Okay, tell us why. Okay, okay, you're not going to propose a question. You're just going to say no, that. Okay. I, well, you you were just re- I you were ready yeah. to jump in. No, I'm I'm ready to go. So, David Shaw really inherited a fantastic situation for, from Jim Harbaugh, great great uh, previous coach before him, and he re- reaped the benefits. There's no doubt about that. So, his David Shaw's first five years at uh, Stanford, I consider those the Harbaugh effect years. Okay. <laughs> Because he still had some people that coach players that were recruited by by Harbaugh and whatnot, so sixty four and seventeen in those those years. I mean, those those are pretty darn good five years, right? So sixty four and seventeen. The last three years post Harbaugh effect, twenty two and seventeen. So a huge ginormous difference in the the, the Harbaugh effect and the 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 node Harbaugh effect. And I think it's I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's the kind of like the Tom Osborne effect with the Frank Solich, after those five years ran out, you know, poop hit the fan, so to say. Yeah. So, well, hey, Frank Solich has turned out to be a pretty dang good coach. <laughs> well, yeah, he's done all right at Ohio, but I just don't think Shaw is all that great. I think he's just kept the program going for a while, and now they're, it's just been going downhill. It has. Since they made the Rose Bowl in uh, 2015, they've gotten progressively worse every single year. Um, and yeah, it does seem this is definitely a what have you? Well, I guess we had him third though, but I don't feel great about yeah. it. Really, the difference between third and seventh on this list was like razor thin. So I think the fact that he's still third, despite what he's kind of how far Stanford has been falling the last couple of years, just shows that the Pac 12 has a weak, weak list of coaches here. Yeah, I've, I've always been kind of low on Shaw because of the points you laid out. Ryan, but I mean, he did every year that went by, he still kind of kept doing it. And, but I agree the last two years are cause for concern and I would be a little bit worried, but it's just kind of like I had to place him somewhere. And so he just kind of fell here for me. Yeah. And you guys both had him third. I I I just feel like 
it's it this past year was kind of the okay now this is what i thought like he was hanging on hanging on by a thread i always felt even before this past year i was not super high on him because no, I, 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 i'm with you drop and Agreed. it was like this year where it finally happens like yep okay he did have surprised. some injuries this year so that's a factor but but yeah i i think though even though I kind of agree with what you said about the Harbaugh effect, I think that's probably the harshest possible way of putting it. Like when you, for five years, he's got to have his fingerprints are all over that team too. You don't just in year five, that's, that's kind of far away removed from, from Harbaugh. Same thing as Solich. What, same as Solich you're saying? Yep. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I mostly agree with you, but I think we're not giving him quite enough credit. That's why I had him third, I guess. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> good stuff, boys. Moving on to number two here. We got uh, Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Let's see. Cristobal. I had a, Cristobal. Uh, Crystal Ball. Uh, I had him number one. Uh, you guys both had him second. So I'm a little, we flipped, flopped Kyle Whittingham and Mar- Mario Cristobal here. So I'll just say the reason why I put Cristobal number one over Whittingham is because he's already won a Pac-12 title. And he won a Rose Bowl. And those are two things that Woodingham hasn't done in his tenure there at Utah. And because of the recruiting. I mean, it's just been on another level there for Oregon. I, so I don't know what else you really want from Cristobal to prove that he is the top tier coach in the, in the Pac-12. I mean, I think he's a top tier coach. That's why I had him number two. The top oh, coach. Oh, the I top coach. Okay. So yeah, we might as well have a Whittingham conversation now too. So the reason I went with Whittingham number one is I think he's he's had a much tougher job. I, I think it's a lot tougher to recruit to Utah than it is to Oregon for sure. He's been there for 15 years and they're almost always good. Like even the transitioning to the Pac-12, there was a couple years. I think they went five and seven. But since then, they've been winning nine, 10, 11 games every single year pretty much. They've finished ranked in the top 25 for the past six seasons. I just think he has a longer track record than than uh mario cristobal even though mario cristobal's one well i guess two years now but his one big year this year is great and the recruiting is promising i just still have more trust in uh in whittingham yeah i mean the utes have won the south they've won the south three of the last five years he's gotten 11 and three bull record and this just this past year utah i freaking utah was in the playoff hunt until the last week of the season um but I I do agree with you. Like these guys are one and one A to me. Yeah, it's yeah. not even yeah, one and two. It's like one and one A. Like I agree because Cristobal's recruiting right now is is very good, and they obviously just won the Rose Bowl. So it was it's it totally splitting hairs with these guys. I just went with more of the longevity. I, I let's. I don't want to make it seem though that like Oregon is just like the ultimate job though. It's not like it's USC Texas way better Florida than Utah type job. It's better than Utah, yes, but. Winning the Pac-12, winning a Rose Bowl at Oregon is a huge, huge accomplishment. Yeah. So I don't want to undersell what he's done. Yeah, that's already. why. That's why I think Chip Chip Kelly is so great. You can't undersell what Chip Kelly did there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to under undersell what he did at Oregon, but that yeah. was a long ass time ago. <laughs> People have caught up. Okay. The one thing you know, we kind of touched on it in terms of the overall conference, it's like I, this is one of the of all the conferences I'd like the listeners to maybe rank them themselves and kind of see where it shakes out. Because I guarantee you, our kind of three through eight would all vary, and you could make a case to me, and I wouldn't really argue with it. Like 
it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't phase me in the least if if some of those guys were reshuffled. It's just one giant pool, in my opinion. Okay, I think it really. I think we've like, talked about. Uh, no, sorry, I to interrupt you there, Ryan. But are we all good on on Kyle Whittingham? Can I should I move and for the YouTube viewers show us the uh, the list of twelve yeah. coaches? Yeah. Okay. There we go. So, I don't know. To me, I mean, you guys may be higher on obviously Chip Kelly, but I feel like it's a clear cut four bottom guys. You got Chip Kelly, Clay Helton, Kevin Smith, College Rell, Kevin Sumlin, yeah, or what I say? I think you said Kevin Smith. Oh, whoops, <laughs> Kevin. Well, the running back, you know, come yeah. on. From UCF back in the day. Um, yeah, I feel like nine is where it just cuts off. Like, I don't have any faith in those particular coaches. Eight and up, yeah, I, I'm good with any of those guys. You can pretty much stick them. So, what we got, three through eight, like we kind of, you kind of mentioned, Mike, you could sort put them anywhere. And I wouldn't, I could agree with you. Yeah. But man, I mean, just looking at this list, though, it is, it's weak. Like, this is clearly the weakest conference, right? Because Whittingham and Crystal Ball, okay. But after that, like, yeah, what are we doing here? We have Jimmy Lake fourth. He's never coached before. I mean, I know that's what's weird. Uh, I put him third and I yeah. never had a, been a head coach. I know it's, it's a weird list, though, too, because like nine, 10, 11, a year or two ago would have been three, four, five or something. True. It, it's weird True. how the how it's changed. Mm-hmm. Well, nine and 11 in particular could have been high. But yeah, it it's. There's a reason why the Conference of Champions is not the Conference of Champions anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Any closing thoughts? That's all you guys got with the Pac-12? I guess. I mean, we could keep going, but it's uh, I think we're good. Let's move on here. Okay. Awesome. Well, that does it for our Pac-12 rankings episode. Let us know in the comments on YouTube and on social media why we are idiots. Why? um maybe but keep it college football related please oh yeah please just don't attack us personally i'd really prefer that yeah. uh again be sure you're subscribed because tomorrow we are going to go from the worst conference in terms of coaches to the best the sec so we'll talk to you then you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to college football bros at gmail.com Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.